Gaming on the Frontier. This is Bruce. This is Trav. And this is Jonathan. Welcome to Gaming on the Frontier, your podcast of, hey, we can't play what we want to play. We'll play something better. There are other games? What? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Some of them have guns. You SOB, I'm in. I got to say, you know, are we talking about shoots and ladders where they don't have guns? (laughs) All right. Welcome to Gaming on the Frontier. Uh, this week, we are talking about a upcoming Kickstarter that's been having a bunch of uh, you know, a, a bunch of demos at various conventions and things like that. And we thought that uh, that you guys who might be thinking about playing a game other than D and D, why would you want to do that? Well, <laughs> I, I, some people have not been hiding underneath a rock. <laughs> I've seen a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and we are not going to talk about the uh, the kerfuffle with uh, OGL, other than the fact to say, hey, a lot of people are saying, you know, maybe we should give some of these other games a try because, you know, it just kind of looks like weirdness, you know, is, is, is you know, is... Is going on, and you know, you know, maybe you don't have to, uh, you know, uh, kiss the ring of the eight hundred pound gorilla. So, anyways, so uh, there's a lot of games out there under various genres, and what we're talking about tonight is kind of the genre of the um, urban, uh, urban magic, or um, urban fantasy. Uh, so, okay, so that's basically. Oh wait, man, I, I I found. Um, yeah, okay. Each time you crit when you. Gain one fate up to your max of three, a crit roll where every dice is kept it rolls it. Yeah. So you get every time you crit, you gain another fate point. But oh, yeah, okay. I'm only seeing three's your max. Yeah, it looks like crits don't actually do anything but give you fate. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well that's too bad. Yeah, that's okay. uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well it means well oh no, we were talking about a game that I think it was uh, Cortex, Jonathan. We were talking about where... Yeah. Uh, oh, and I'm blanking on the name, sir, but you do something oh. good, and it will help you later on. Plot that points. Plot point, yeah. yeah same. It's, and it's same same concept. It's, yep, yeah. I think Cortex has a lot more, because the plot points were also how you activated most of your special abilities, mm-hmm. and, and, and it was your, how you progressed your character experience-wise. You didn't gain experience you're getting plot points you could cash in but yeah it was kind of the same idea yeah um i don't see anything in this game that lets you do the the crazy damage numbers you can do in savage worlds where you you, you roll 2d4 but they keep they keep uh rolling four and so you get to roll them again exploding and keep dice is until what you get yeah. like 350 yep. Uh, points of damage from 2d4 yeah the old dc <laughs> heroes mayfair game had the exploding dice and i think i've seen it again recently where they have and I, i'm blanking on the system but yeah that exploding dice is the term yeah yeah there's lots of lots of games that that, that have that sure um and 
So, you know, but, you know, D20 does not. No. So, and, and trust me, I've worked. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, that's, like I said, that's the, that's kind of the, the game system in a nutshell. All right. And uh, so we, because we, like I said, we really don't want to get into the details of it because, you know, it's, I'm sure you're all going to be nodding off at this point, you know, uh, if we, if we went any further down that rabbit hole. And also because we don't actually have the book in front of us. We just had the, the play test. So, yeah. uh, but I'm just saying is this, so these are, this is what, uh, some things that are familiar, some things that are, are new, but everything seems to give you a lot of options in play, uh, and give you some opportunities to mitigate stuff that happens to you, uh, which is, you know, always, always great to have. Okay. So, uh, and, uh, you know, initiative is done the same way. You just roll 2d6 and you add your initiative bonus, which usually, which sometimes can be a really big number, you know, because when they were showing some examples, like one had like a plus 15. So, you know, 2d6, the most you could roll is 12 plus 15. Probably you're going to roll seven. So as you can see, that initiative number is really important for going first. So, and uh, the way the uh, uh, the the game goes is every the the players roll individual initiatives, and you and you can either normally what you do is the boss rolls its own initiative, and then everybody else, all the minions, roll their initiative. So it keeps the number. Of, you know, you're not you're not rolling individual initiatives for every uh, NPC that's out there. And speaking of NPCs, uh, they have a NPC system in this game, which is called which are called contacts, and uh, this is something that uh, is missing from a lot of games, uh, and it and these contacts change depending upon what the missions are, and they're essentially, you know, as Travis, you would call a subject matter expert. Yeah. Okay. And their job is to answer one question. You know, usually before the get before the mission starts. I mean, after you've chosen the mission, but before you actually start the mission. Okay, but um, they 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 did mention in the uh, demo that that you have the the GM has the option of allowing them to call the contact on their cell phones in the middle of the mission <laughs> if they if they haven't used that 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 thing. So. Yeah, yeah, it says so, you you may all ask each one yes or no question to each contact if you wish. The contact one, will answer yeah. to the best of their ability with yes, no, or I don't know. Right, right. And I, I can see where the GMs are going to be really tempted to, you know, give a short answer. It's kind of like, you know, instead of just yes, no, and I don't know. But uh, it's, I, I, and I don't know how that plays out if you do. It might be better. Uh, it encourages the players to think about what you're trying to do and, and, and ask a question that's appropriate for the area of knowledge that they have. So in the demo, one of the people they have is, um, is basically a, a corporate representative. You know, somebody who is, you know, he's a, you know, basically someone who works in corporations. And, the uh, corporation hired you. Right. And they can, yeah, and they can basically answer a question like, you know, why do they care? You know, um, I'm not sure what, uh, I, I did look at those cards to see what exactly they could answer, but, you know, they uh, they, they have some knowledge. The I second one was a little bit easier. Yeah. He was a security expert, and since yeah. they were trying to penetrate 
um, a, a compound with a bunch of crazies and a sentient AI, which is which I'm not giving any of the way, by the way. That's part of the mission is yeah. to go after the sentient AI. And you're like, and you're like, what? I thought they got rid of all those, right? And it says this is supposed to be the very last copy of the sentient AI. And so, oh yeah, yeah. And so your job is to go in there and take him down before he can copy himself and send it off on the internet somewhere to rebuild itself someplace else. So you actually can 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 you know stop the AI menace once and for all. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Until the next adventure. Yeah. Well, I'm yeah, just yeah. saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, starting off the game with a huge win. You know, is is a is a, is a big plus, and I and I I commend them for doing that. Um, and I do like anyways. this. The question and answer should be limited to five minutes or so to keep the game moving. The players may ask questions later in the mission if they prefer to use use their cell phones. Yeah, because I've had games bogged down in where they are trying to find. And I and I have question. Well, also, oh, don't get me started on the Ring of Three Wishes in the Mazewell game. Um, but yeah, it's. You do want to keep try try to come up with as concise but answer wise fruitful questions as yeah. quickly as possible because yeah Something that'll actually help you yeah right yeah yeah it's like well what colors his hair look for the guy who's being evil I'm sure that's him you know yeah. and but no I yeah. do like this that it's yes no or I don't know and then they also have at the bottom. Things that they do know, specific facts for both the corporate insider and the security chief. So, right, right. So, uh, in, in, if the corporate insider is really cute, you don't want your question to be, "What's your phone number?" Yeah, that that's gonna be just no. Yeah, because they have to answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I can see, I can see the gamers doing it. Yeah, they're calling the middle. They're, they're in the middle of the mission. They're in the middle of firefight. Hello, how you doing? Click. Yeah. <laughs> how you doing? I'm doing fine. You sound like you're dying. Yeah. <laughs> oh, just a little background noise. Don't mind me. So, what are you doing yeah, next? Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. So, you know, in this particular scenario, because they're trying to get into this compound, you know, and and fight this AI and take it out. Um, the, uh, the after doing asking the contacts, they have what they call infiltration cards, and infiltration cards are simply locations along the way that you're trying to get in to where the, your tar the boss is. Okay, because ultimately in these things you're trying to take out whoever the boss is, whether it's an AI, whether it's a, a you know a crime lord, whether it's a drug lab you know, with the lead scientist, whatever it might be, okay, and so you're trying to get in there, so, you, you know, and, and therefore, different spots along the way are going to be obstacles for you to overcome. In this particular case, they have the initial approach, uh, which you're supposed to make, followed by the supply shack, followed by the warehouse, okay, and so what these cards do is uh, is it gives you options now you you know of, of what you could do uh, are we going to sneak in the back are you going to talk up you know are you going to try to flip flam the you know the 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 guard are you going to you know just attack straight up and just bulldoze your way through you know there's there's a number of options and the players each get 
to choose which options they want. So it doesn't have to be an all or nothing. It's not like the, the, the contacts where you have one question to ask, so everyone has to agree what that question is. In this, you know, it, there's like multiple options and two people could do one, one person could do each of the others, or everybody can just double down and do one option altogether as a group. You know, they encourage you actually to split the party, essentially. In this game, uh, yeah, it looks like because it says here that this is going to be an optional system in the in the full game. Well, uh, the reason sure. they said that is because you know it, it, it once they give you enough information about this this situation that's at hand, you know, uh, you know, experienced players are going to be yeah. able to say, well, yeah, we need to go through here. You know, we could sneak around. We could, you know, set off an explosion as a distraction. We could go talk up the guard. You know, you don't have to write that down. Players, good players, can figure that out for themselves. Right. That's, that's, that's why this, they're saying it's optional. Okay? Well, that's, why, that's why I'm liking that, though, that, that they have this. It's sort of, uh, you know, baby GM's first game or baby player's yeah. first game. It's, it's a way of sort of setting it up and saying, all right, look. You you guys might be new to this, or at least new to this game, or new to this world. Here's sort of you know some, some options ideas. available to you based yeah. on the setting and the situation. Yeah, right. And well, I'll admit to the fact that I play some video games on easy, and that's you know, <laughs> and this this doesn't guarantee you success. By the way, this just simply says, hey, you might not have thought of this option. So yeah, you know, yeah. it's. It's no, the GM I, basically making sure that the players don't get into analysis paralysis. You know, oh, they, I like it, that term. I can't believe I've never heard of that before. <laughs> like I said, folks, I learned something all the time. I'm doing this, and I've been doing this now for over 12 years. And I'm still learning stuff. So, no, analysis paralysis. I like that. Yeah, yeah, if they're taking too long to basically decide what to do, the GM can simply say, okay, here's your four options. Yeah, go do them, and they're like, "Hey, that's the plot hammer." Yeah. Says, no, you haven't chosen a route, so now I'm giving. I'm I'm telling you here. Here here's four options. Choose one. Stop take. Stop running the clock out. Yeah, what I would. Yeah, I'd be like, do okay. Make a knowledge tactics roll. Okay, well you could do. Yeah, yeah, but I do like these cards because it 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 it's for the newbies. Yeah, and. Right. So, and the way you do them is, is that they, they list out the options and what it's going to take to make, to succeed. So like, you know, it, it might say you need to make a 13, uh, 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 well, talk check. I don't know what it's called. I don't okay. Or you might need to make a, um, uh, a, a lock picking check, or you might need to, uh, make a sneak check. Okay. So the players know, you know, what, how hard some of these options are. And they might Actually, say, I don't think it does. I think it tells them what skills they need, but I don't think oh. it tells them the difficulty. Okay, well, all right. Then that's on the back side of it. Yeah, I think on the back <laughs> so on the on, other on side of the card side, yeah. is basically what it's going to take and whether they're going to succeed or fail. If they if they fail, then then bad things happen. If they succeed, then it's, it, it, it helps them. It can give them a bonus later on. You know, when they're trying to do something, you know, they surprise people. They're not prepared. As a matter of fact, in this particular scenario, if you manage to sneak in, uh, they haven't put a major piece of armament on Bob, uh, on Bob the, the AI. Yeah. Okay. They're literally, Bob's just standing around doing his thing, you know, you know, and, and they're all doing their thing and, and they're not prepared for anybody, you know, kicking in the door and taking names. But 
if you fail your roles, then you know that's going to happen. The one thing I don't, I'm not, you know, I, I, I need more information. I, I can't get it from this. Is is that you know if you try doing stealth and one person succeeds and the other person fails, does that alert Bob? You know, I how would does that think work? So. I think it says it, 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 it says alarms triggered. Uh, Bob's weapons will be ready one round sooner. Right, I understand that, but I mean, if one person succeeded, one person failed, does that mean that it's essentially both failed? Yeah, I would. That's what I usually. I would, that kind yeah. of that that really sucks. Well, yeah. <laughs> if I'm trying to sneak around with somebody and they step on a stick, we're both going to get found out if we're together. Yeah, it just the person, well, the guard's going to turn and see us both. Well, it yeah. says that your path does not affect other players. Whichever option you pick, whether you succeed or fail, the results don't affect the other players. It just affects. Yeah, the I know players. that, but it doesn't change the fact that it might affect the NPCs. I would, and my, this is, again, this is me and how I would interpret it. I would interpret that result to be like, if, w you know, one person failed or, or two people failed, that means Bob's readies, Bob's weapons are now ready two rounds sooner. I would, I would have to be additive. Well, I'm just saying it's not listed <laughs> that way in the scenario. Yeah, it's. It's, so that's why I'm saying is that that's something that I think needs to be answered by the game. We don't know the answer to that. Okay, but that so mm -hmm. you 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 basically go through these these obstacles, you know, to success. Okay, and you work and you work your way up to the final, you know, the the warehouse, and you know you you, you know and and then you go in there and you basically you know uh, take advantage of uh, you know uh, whatever you succeed in doing to get there. You know, and and just have at it till you can complete the mission, okay? Or not, because one of the options is to run away. If you fail the, if you fail to take out Bob, uh, Bob clothes himself and sends, you know, or, or prepares better for the next person group that comes in trying to take him out. Probably calms himself and sends them off somewhere. So now you, some later on, your this mission is going to come up again in a different version. Uh, and so that's where the experience comes in. You, you, you know, one basically means you guys showed up. <laughs> I'm giving you one, okay, up, all the way up to like three points, uh, which is you know, you, uh, I had a fun, I had fun running this scenario. You all were very, you all were very successful. Everybody gets three points. So um, that's that's the maximum per session you yeah. get out of this particular game. So. Um, so that's, you know, and that's basically how the, you know, how the system works. You just, you know, you've got your contacts, you've got your infiltration tasks you have to do, and then you finally have the big, you know, the, the big stage battle, the big boss battle. And uh, once that's, and, and assuming that you, everything, you know, you, you succeed, you know, uh, and somebody, you know, gets to walk away from it, then you... You go back and uh, collect your money and, uh, and and form a new team or patch people up. And, uh, wait, and, and Speaking of injuries and patching people up on page 28, they have an injuries chart. Mental and physical in injury severity, 1d6 plus injury counters on 2nd d6. And then if it's odd on the 1st d6, it's a list of mental injuries. Even on the 1st d6, a list of physical injuries. And they even have the list, 
Uh, two to four is minor, five to six is major, seven grievous, eight plus deadly. And they even have the bits cost. Okay, how much is it going to take for you to get this patched up at a clinic? And it's like the, the minor is 500 bits, the major 1,000, 2,000 for grievous, and 3,000 for deadly. And yeah, I do like that because it, it's yeah. part of... Yeah, you, you, you might succeed in a mission and end up spending all your money patching each other up and yeah. eating nothing but ramen for the next two weeks. But you're healthy. You're alive. Yeah. You're alive. Yeah. You're getting healthy. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right. So, and that's basically it. I mean, because it's a demo, you know, thing. Uh, the uh, the artwork, uh, Travis likes the artwork. Uh, oh, no, I'm not uh, disappointed in the art here at all in this game. No, no, no. Yeah. It's lovely. Okay. All right. So, uh, okay. So, we've gone through all this, and we've talked about this game. Uh, uh, do you uh, do you have any, um, any issues we haven't talked about that you think should be brought up? Hmm. I would say, again, that this is early playtest materials uh, for a Kickstarter that, again, as of time of recording, has not even started yet. Yeah. So right. a lot of what we talk about might change from here until release. Yeah, and they may, because that, well, where is that at here? Yeah, they give. For more invasion, blah, 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 let us know your thoughts, questions on the game. Feel free to contact us at Team Ray. And they'll get updates about the games, and also, there may be a problem that comes up in this that is only done through play testing, you know, out in the field, and they may end up having to scrap an entire idea. There may be something that, oh, an entire page on half a tech, we're going to have to get rid of or redo this. So, yeah, this is very early. It's, you know, the video game, what the, the beta testing, as it were. But, yeah, um, yeah, they, let's see, mailing list for exclusive offers in here when they'll be going to Kickstarter with Vault. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the fact that this is an early rendition of this system. Yeah, I'm sure that the people that made this, Shoshana, Richard, and I forget the other names I saw on the list, yeah, they played it. Problem is, they know the rules, and it's just all of you and all of us reviewing this are the objective eyes that are going to hopefully go back and say, uh, you missed this here, you missed this here, or what about yeah. this? Yeah. And like as we say, we've, we, we've had issues where we're trying, you know, there are certain rules that we are not sure of the interpretation of. So Yeah. Right. That's the things that... You know they need to be told about, so right. we'll see how and that works. That's a good out. thing. I mean, we, mm -hmm. we, I mean, that's one of the things where if you, you know you can send a message to them saying, "Hey, I looked at this. This wasn't clear. You know, please make this clear yeah. in the actual book." So you can be part of game design without actually, you know, getting without getting paid for it. But also, but you might get an honorable mention for helping out. Well, you know, yeah, but, hey, yeah. But what you do in asking these tough questions is you make the experience better for everybody. Yep. And so you should mm. take pride in that. And and uh, we encourage people to push the boundaries and to say, you know, make a uh, I the first thing, whenever I make have a, a new game, the first thing I try to do is make the most broken character I can make. And sometimes it's like, the, you know, like the person in the wheelchair. I've done that with the Tritech system. What if I have zeros? You know, as stats, okay, how how bad can I make a character and still have the character do stuff? Yeah. 
uh, or the other direction, which I did in Riffs, uh, Robotech, uh, uh, where I made this guy that could literally lift, you know, a small plane and carry it around. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, holy cow, this guy, I, this guy can do this. You know, and I thought it was a little bit ridiculous until I actually watched some more anime, and I was like, no, no, this people actually do this sort of thing in anime. <laughs> Maybe that's, it's not a mistake. That That's a Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah. I mean, you know, definitely try to you know try to break, you know, and and the, uh, I suspect they'll probably ha uh, uh, they'll be encouraging people to create characters and upload them into kind of a, a digital rogues gallery, so that they can be uh, so people can see all the different possibilities. Because when I first did. Um, uh, decided to run a game, a supers, a four-color supers game using the hero system, I downloaded probably 50 to 100 already made characters of just absolutely wonderful characters, you know, and I used them primarily as NPCs against them, ah. you know, the players, but it, it taught, I, you know, by seeing how they were built, it taught me a lot about how to use the system effectively, because every system has... You know the the secret handshake things that work together really well. Yeah, and it may not be obvious, you know, from the get go that the, you know the, these things actually add the, together. Yeah, and stuff. You know, so. those hidden synergies and stuff. Like yeah, that. no, no, and I mean, usually the people that find them, like for Hero Systems, we had Jerry Gentry. He was our math guy. Well, Champions is a very math and Hero Systems is a very math heavy game, but also knowing how to put, okay, this rule with this advantage, with this limitation, with this particular power set, and, yeah, I'm standing here and I just nuke this building. Wait, what? And you check the math and it's right, and just usually yeah. people who are either really good with semantics or really good with math and champions, they will just sit there and make, you know, yeah, I'm a walking supernova. Hi. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. So I, I'm just saying is that you know it's it's not a bad thing to do that. You're actually doing the game designers a favor because sometimes you can find things that are ridiculously broken that they can fix, you know, so that it, you you don't run into people because there's always going to be people out there that you know are going to you know intentionally try to to create characters that are broken um, uh, or like you know one-off characters or you know. And sometimes it's intentional. In Fallout 76, the, uh, they have the, these characters called Bloodied, and they intentionally get themselves down to like one or two hit points. But it gives them these enormous bonuses on their damage. You know, so they can take out monstrous creatures, but if the creatures hit them, they're down. If, I, if dead, I'm no. going, you're going with me. Yeah. Right. Right. Glass cannon. Since it's an yep. online game, oh, you just oh. respawn. Oh, Jonathan. The monster doesn't get to respawn. Jonathan, and you please, come back repeat in, that. You please repeat that term you just said. Oh, the glass cannon? Ooh. Yes. Is this another oh. new term for you? Yeah, I've never heard that either. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, okay. Yeah, the uh, fourth edition, they referred to uh, most mages that were like... Uh, you know, fireball lobbers and things yeah. like that as, gla as glass cannons because they couldn't take the damage. Okay, yeah, yeah. They, could, they couldn't. They couldn't take what they dished out. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I got heard it. that term in relation to um, City of Heroes. 
because uh, I play a, blast, yes. a blaster character. So yep. high damage, low health. Yep. Right. Right. I'm just saying, 76 really makes it ridiculous, and it's apparently intentional. So I'm like, okay, because <laughs> I I always play what I consider to be reasonable characters. Yeah. You know? And uh, I, I always like end up being the not you know not an impressive character, but that's okay because you know. As a as a as a role player, you know it's uh, I I like that, but that's also why uh, when we uh, if you uh, you guys who are listening uh, go back and check out playing Fallout as a um, uh, kind of paper uh, playing Fringeworthy in Fallout, and I talked about how you could play a Meller, which is the big bad in Fringeworthy. Uh, as the main character and how to build that character so that it actually seemed like a Meller. So that was me creating this enormously powerful combat monster. But, you know, it, but then it made sense because all of a sudden it's like, how does this character, you know, do the things that they do? Well, he's not really human. Mm. And to me, from an RP standpoint, it made the game make a lot more sense. Because a lot of these games are basically you start off as a zero and you don't just end up as a hero, you end up as a superhero. You 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 attain godhood before you're done with the game. Yeah. Right. Especially if you pick up the right magic items. Indeed. Sure. Right. Okay. Um there was something else I wanted to talk. Oh, oh, okay. So the things that I uh, we, we talked about you, Trav, was there something that you uh um uh, that looking over this, you kind of felt like uh, you were surprised that they did that. They went that direction or oh, something like let, that. Oh, let's see. Let me, I'm trying to look here. And it's one of those things. Oh, I saw it, and i got to find it now. Um, I do like the injuries chart, how they, they, they broke that down. Uh, let's see. They do targeting, cover, movement, positioning. Okay. Nothing really shook me like, oh, my God, this is a fantastic rule. Why haven't I thought? I mean, no, no, it's. These are these are people who have been playing for years, probably decades, and just it's a mass knowledge, and they're taking what works. And yeah, I mean, I'm I am impressed with the setting and just what went into that, and the AI hunter, the Ouroboros, that Ouroboros. That is a unique idea. It's like, okay, it's a digital entity, but it's not an AI, but it goes after AIs. And it's like... And it shoots its own foot. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing, <laughs> setting-wise, that I'm like, okay, and it... Apparently, the humans have made... The humans... Because we know the Fae wouldn't have had a hand in that. The humans made something like, yeah, it kills AIs, yet it almost like has self-loathing. <laughs> I don't want to become one of them, so I'm just going to, eh, you know, okay, there goes that programming. Yeah. That was probably thematically the thing that just made me sit up and take notice. Yeah, it's, 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 like, it's like the heroes into self-mutilation. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, uh, my biggest issue was the fact that I, the, the backstory was so awesome, I wanted to play the backstory. I wanted to play where, you know, uh, the... Uh, uh, where the Fae first came out, and they were like, you know, be, and, and they were like coming up against the humans, and just the whole surprising thing when they just all of a sudden there's these Fae coming out of nowhere, you know, that whole what the heck is going on? You could just imagine the shock of the world. Okay, uh, yeah. that, to me, was like a great, a great setting just with that. Then 
they blow up the the polls. It's crazy as that yeah. is. And now you got mutated say you've got um uh, uh you you've got the uh, uh, volcanoes erupting in in Antarctica and I don't know how long it would take, but there's that period where they know how bad they screwed up. <laughs> and now people are trying to, you know, figure out how do we escape, you know, we're, we're the smart people are like already, you know, already heading for Kansas. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, I'm just saying, but then you're, all these people are now trying to escape the, the, the encroaching water, this literally rising daily. Yeah. You know, streets are filling. If you've read the book, um, uh, the flood, uh, it's, uh, you know, it takes place over uh, the full, the full length of it is like 70 years, but, you know, in a period of about five years, things get really bad, you know, and, and so there's that whole setting that's going on, and of course, they're still fighting the fade during that period of time, and the mutated you know, whatever, you know, and the mutated bay. So that's going on. You could be, some, you know, and you. So what you so want you could be somebody. So what you out. want to do, and we will use a riffs analogy. You want to play the chaos Earth version as everything is going to hell in a handbasket, not the post-apocalyptic. You want to do it during the apocalypse. Okay. I want. I want that. I mean, I was saying when I was reading it, I was like, "This is so cool. I'd like to be there and do that." Oh yeah, no, I, there. Yeah. I was reading all that, and I'm just like, it, uh, my main thing was just reading that, 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 and three or four times, you know, as I'm skimming. Oh, they went there. Oh, they did that. Oh, they went there. You know, and just yeah, that was. It, it, it's a very unique method to cyberpunk and post-apocalyptic because it's both i mean yeah you have right. all this high tech and everything but it's still post-apocalyptic coastlines right. are gone continents are changed and it is i'll give them an a for coming up with yeah how do we make this post-apocalyptic what would they do this this and this and you're just like right oh okay and then yeah. and then and then you know uh the humans create ai and suddenly you got hunter killer robots added to the mix except now you know in you know, in the middle of, of fighting a bunch of uh, ogres, suddenly you know AI robots show up and start killing them until they turn and start killing you. Yeah. So you got the three way now, and and that's another piece that was like awesome because you got all these robots and and uh, you know it's not going to be just you know. I mean, there's going to be drones with missiles and things like that going on. Yeah. So they, that's going on, too. So that's another part of the storyline that, to me, was really interesting. I, I, I hope that with what we're seeing here of this setting, that if this Kickstarter... And I've seen a lot of role-playing Kickstarters that have just gone off with, like, gangbusters... And, oh, it's funded in six hours, and, oh, we've hit stretch goals, and, oh, we can now do this and this. This mm -hmm. pre-vault apocalypse, the AI wars, the, one of the other terms that they have here, the Fayscape, the Tide, the Great Flood, the restructuring, those would all right. be wonderful supplements for this game setting once they get vault uh, out and about, and there, and yeah. okay, now we're going right. to role play in the past and okay if you want to do this yeah i'm now i'm crossing my fingers hoping that they 
delve into this more. That they go into or they do well. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And and the and the final one was was when all that happened, suddenly the Thay and the humans came together. But that negotiation, you know, all most what we're seeing in this demo is all combat kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. But now you can have characters that were purely built with the idea of diplomacy and you know, brinkmanship and things like that, you know, and of course some black ops going on at the same time, you know, getting it, you know, and, um, and, and, and go to have like some peace conference and, you know, have them work with each, you know, trying to hammer out a deal before the, you know, and you could be part of that negotiating team or the, a security team that's trying to protect the, uh, the, the various uh, diplomats and such as they come to, you know, the, these conclusions from the M court, you know, and, and the human nations, you know, as they're getting whittled away. That to me is a whole nother, you know, uh, setting that could take place. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, and there's two ways they could go about that. One is, like I said, to get really, really well done. You know, uh, every, everybody loves the game. There's lots of money. And they said, okay, now let's produce these supplemental setting books so you could play other parts of our history, you know, and and do that. That would be super great. And I hope they're that successful, okay? The other option is if they do this thing that we're talking about where uh, they have an app, that's on your phone or online or whatever like that, and you go in there and you can look at various apps, you know, various missions you can go on, uh, maybe they would throw in, like, one for each of these uh, points uh, in their history where you could basically have a mission that took place in that piece of history. You might need to have new sets of characters for each one. They might just be one-offs. But I think it'd be totally cool if they would do that so <coughs> that you could actually feel like you experienced your character. Because if it's not that long of a time, if this whole thing only takes like 10, 15 years. Oh, no, because this game, the, the, the default setting, which Vault is, is 2080. You could sit there and play. But the when's it start? When does the first thing start? Uh, that doesn't say. It just wraps up with the world in 2080 is a complicated place. Yeah. Okay. I'm just saying is if the whole time period between one to the other is, let's say, 20 years, your characters could have gone through all of that. Oh, your yeah, character- yeah, yeah. So, therefore, you actually, this could be like your backstory, part of your backstory. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. I was there at the, the attempted negotiations between human and fey. Yeah. And or it- the successful <clears throat> negotiations. Yeah. That that's, that's th- what you're trying to do. Is that's sure another thing that needs to be in this book, the the big book that we saw is a timeline. A D and remember, I did the timeline for Bureau Thirteen OGL and yeah. mashing together stuff and incursion Bureau Thirteen and Black Powder. And you need that detailed timeline for this history right. to go. Okay, in twenty. 2035, there was this, and 2036, this happened, and 2040, yeah, yeah. and then yeah. at the bottom, 2080, the present day. Yeah. Yeah. That way the past isn't just prologue. Right. The past you, actually is the, you know, the, the introductory adventure before you actually do the real thing. So, yeah, so that's, um, 
And who knows? You know, maybe somebody's going to find a time machine, send them back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, or or I mean, some portal, you know. Some yeah, GMs is a yeah. world of magic. Yeah, yeah, GMs can do you know whatever they want to do. So and and good game designers equip them to be able to do those things. So that's what I saw. I mean, basically, I looked at their timeline as rough as it was, and I said there are so many places along this timeline where I could see a, 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 at least a small campaign occurring you know and then uh you know and then aging the characters up you know uh or just simply you know whatever you know they're uh maybe make new characters it's it's a it would be a good way especially with new players because you could let them basically die and your characters are probably not going to survive this because this is a really bad time in the timeline. But you'll get used. You'll at least get the experience of play of, of rolling up a character of the, uh, yeah. and 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 trying to and try to survive. Then your next character will be much better. Yeah, no, that's the thing. Yeah, you die, but it'll get better as you go out. Wait a minute, what? Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, you, yeah, learn. Yeah, you learn. Yeah, learn. Right, and this could be a way of doing that. So, oh. but mostly, I just I just liked you know these places in their storyline, and I just felt like they're you know. It's there. There should have been, you know. I just okay. it, it made me want more. It yeah. Made me oh want no, to no, no. It, this history here. Oh no, it's whetted yeah. my appetite too. I'm like, yeah. I want to see this. And matter of fact, I am on the site. I've clicked the join our Kickstarter, and I have done just now. Notify me on launch. Yes, we'll email right. you when this project launches. So you can be one of the first mm. backers, which will be um, in February. Oh, okay. Didn't even give a time here. I'm on and that was in the first page. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. On the website. Yeah. So, anyways, it's it's soon, which is you know. But I mean, you know, as 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 I found out in, in something else I bought, you know, something it was like, oh, okay. It's you know, the Kickstarter ends in December, December first. Fine. Then I'll have product before Christmas. <laughs> yeah, I did that with. Uh, no, I it, we mentioned. Well, yeah, the uh, what is it? Spheres of Guile and Ultimate Engineering for the Spheres of Might, Spheres of Power system by Drop Dead Studios. Oh yeah, Christmas. Yeah, I paid for this back in April. Yeah, I understand playtesting takes a while, but please do not put down a time if that. Yeah, just that because people get their hopes up. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. But best to at best put like a we hope to have it out by this quarter. <laughs> yeah, well, it was my fault because they said December, but I didn't pay attention. They said December twenty twenty three, and I thought it was you know that that was when it was shipping. The Kickstarter it also ended in December, but twenty twenty two. So it was kind of I, I got a little confused. But mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, you know, so now I've got all this time to wait, you know, and I'm going to get lots of updates in, in email as I keep waiting for this product to finally ship. So, but anyways, so, all right. So that was, that was my biggest thing about it was, is it, you know, the, the two big questions I had was what, you know, what about, how do you resolve situations where one person succeeds, the other person fails and by failing, it triggers a lot of other behaviors by the the, the opponents, okay, and the fact that I really wanted to, you know, wanted to be able to, uh, you know, play in other parts of the timeline besides the default start that they wanted to give me. But hey, I, I understand they're they're doing a Kickstarter, all right. This is you know they're they're wanting to get their game out in this setting at this time. 
and I'm all for that. I just hope that at some point, yeah. you know, they'll they'll address this this um, uh, this want of mine. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And again, what we're looking at here is playtest materials. This is this is essentially a very simplified set of rules made in a simplified mission made to be run at conventions yeah. or. Uh, yeah. You know, standalone, you know, one-shot nights and stuff like that. So, you know, yeah. when, the final product could be very much deeper. And I, I mean, I hope it will be. I, yeah. I assume it will be very much deeper and, and more involved than what we're seeing here. Well, if they can build a big enough community of players and and, and fans, uh, they'll do their own fanfic. This is if, true. You know, if they'll allow, you know, home-brewed uh, adventures to be... Um, promoted <laughs> yeah then uh, somebody else might do this very thing that i'm talking oh about. no no that would be yeah where it's like okay i want to do a prequel adventure yeah it's back you know 10 years ago uh, during the ai wars or whatever yeah, yeah that would be yeah that and i think that might be what might be the impetus for this someone writes team rex games a letter saying hey what about an adventure during the ai wars or during the floods or during you know, uh, the 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 time where the EOSs were first created, right. yeah, and that might or, give or them the, the kick the, in the butt the, to do with that, you right? Know. Or the peace conference, yeah, yeah, and just that might be, you know, we've gotten a lot of letters and emails and whatnot about this particular era. Okay, it merits us diving into it and fleshing it out yeah. more. Yeah, right. But I also like the idea of um, of of game designers not being gatekeepers. Where they really will, they'll, they'll encourage people to to uh, submit non-canon material, and because sometimes that's how, where they get their best ideas. We all know, yeah, as GMs, mm-hmm. that sometimes the players come up with a better idea for the uh, uh, for the end game of the scenario than we thought of. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, not mentioning any name. Jerry T. Withers. Oh, I got to check that cough. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah. All right. Uh, Okay, well, thanks everybody for listening to us. Uh, we hope you'll sign up for the Kickstarter because we thought this was a pretty cool game. Again, uh, this is TeamRexGames.com is where this is all coming from. Exactly. And yes. The game is called the uh, called the Vault RPG, and uh, and don't be confused by anything related to Fallout. <laughs> it's, it's not. It's not an entirely different game. So yes, TeamRexGames. Dot com. Uh, is, is dot com is is where you want to go get your information. So, uh, we'll, uh, and by the way, they are looking for playtesters. I, I forwarded an email uh, to my other hosts. So, uh, and that's one that's a, if you that's one way of getting lots of goodies is by being a playtester. Free swag. So if you yep. yeah yeah if you want to learn if you want to learn the game well enough to go and run the, these uh, these introductory scenarios at conventions, uh, they will reward you. And uh, especially the smaller they are, the more they'll reward you because they really want, you know, they want the buzz, you know. Well, I mean, um, as we've, as it's the time-tested rule, the best advertising will always be word of mouth. Right. Just, yeah. But initially yeah. you want buzz. And then you get the follow-up, yeah, which is which is people who've actually played the game, you know, and and uh, that's what, you know, where it's it's the real thing. 
So you want okay. enough buzz to get people to try it, and then the people who try it to love it enough to t- tell all their friends about it. Yep. Right. Tell your friends. Tell all your right. enemies. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Don't you dare play this game. You're not good enough for this game. <laughs> <laughs> Playing a game uh, out of spite. Okay. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, if you if you play this game, I'll never speak to you again. <laughs> oh, all right. all right. Thanks everybody for listening to us. We'll have more for you next week, but you'll have to wait until then. This is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million million worlds out there, so go explore them. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Gaming on the Frontier podcast is wholly owned by its hosts. Is released under the Creative Commons 3.0 license. No commercial reproduction and any use of any element of the podcast must be attributed to the Gaming on the Frontier podcast. Hi, this is Trav from the Travcast. Listen to me Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on listen.dementiaradio.org colon 8027.